You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Pastor Harold Smith, joined with my favorite co-host, Wade Lentz. And I feel like I need to sing the Welcome Back Cotter theme song because we've been gone for two months, Wade. It's sure good to see you. It's crazy. You know what the song that comes to mind? Reunited and it feels so good. (laughs) You know. I can't believe I just sang that song on our podcast. (laughs) Well, you're a singer, Wade. I used to say, you know, I don't have a face for TV and I don't have a voice for radio. I mean, I'm just, I got nothing. Oh, man. Yes, we have had a long sabbatical since we have done this podcast for about two and a half years. Um, We have never gone, I mean, just nearly two months without recording an episode, but we have had so much going on in our lives and uh, the podcast episodes right a lower level of um, priority, uh, you could say, but you, you've been sick and actually we were going to record a couple of episodes, uh, when you were preaching a revival here, uh, close to me, but you came down with what I call the canine sickness, uh, cause you were sick as a dog, son. I had food poisoning <laughs> and I, the, the, the sad thing was, as you were down the hall in your office, I was staying at Barrel in the Prophet's Chamber, but I, I was on the toilet with a trash can. You were down there in an elders meeting, and, and the plan was <laughs> to get together and have a uh, yeah have have a couple episodes recorded while we were in the same room, but that, mm-hmm. that was not what the Lord intended for us to do. No. I, I ended up preaching that revival uh, there in Plummerville with Lonnie Edwards, um, but I missed Sunday night because... I, I told him we had kind of a change of plans. My wife was going to come. Then she decided she wasn't. She mm-hmm. had some stuff to do. And I said, well, don't, don't change my motel reservation. I'll just stay at barrel. Wait. And I record a podcast. Then when I started getting sick right after the morning service, I was like, I'll just go down there and rest. And, you know, everything will mm-hmm. be okay. Yeah. Y'all were having like dinner on the grounds or something. <laughs> and I showed up, the parking lot was full or was kids running up and down the hallway. And I, right. I was like, I don't really need to see anybody. You know, I just need to be. And so I, I was in my, my, my little area, my little room I was staying in and I was trying to be quiet and, you know, not disturb anybody. And, oh, <laughs> uh, and then y'all could hear me sick down the hallway. Yes. <laughs> your yeah. office. And so I would, Bless I would, your heart. Oh, it's bad. You, you were, you were very, very ill. And, and so what we did to that room was we just burned it down. I, I, you know, <laughs> when you're that kind of sick and you're away from home, you don't have, uh, you don't have your wife to help. Like if something needs, you know, can you bring me this or bring me yeah. that? And then I was like, don't, don't make a mess in here. You know, just <laughs> keep this place spotless clean. Yeah. Cause your I, wife's not here to clean it up. Yeah. And I was sleeping on the couch cause I was like, I don't even want to go back in that bedroom. I'll just sleep on the couch and be closer to the bathroom and. And then when I was, I was packing all my stuff up to leave the next morning, I felt like my sickness was over, but I was so drained. Mm-hmm. And I remember just having a can of Lysol spraying that room down. I was like, try to kill everything that could possibly live in here. Yeah. And, and then, 
trying to get through that revival. I mean, I was so weak after that. I had no energy. I felt bad for the people that that I was preaching to. They they didn't really realize how sick I was. The Lord would give me enough energy to preach. But as soon as the service was over and everybody went home, I mean, I couldn't, I could barely get to my room. Right. In the next week, I got like the worst allergy sinus attack I've had in years. My wife was trying to tell me it was COVID, but I don't think it was COVID. I think it was just my normal eyes water and sinus pressure. And that lasted a week. And man, it was just like sickness after sickness after sickness. And then I was trying to preach in all these conferences that I was gone to on the weekends. And then Mm -hmm. during that same time, I was elected as the interim pastor, the First Baptist Church of Roland. So I'm trying to juggle this new pastorate. And the the preaching commitments I've already made and trying, you know, to get over this illness and the podcast was the last thing on my mind. And mm-hmm. I felt bad. But then I, I talked to you and you're doing your seminary finals oh, yeah. to wrap up. And you were like, no, it's good. I need I, I needed this off off the plate, you know. And uh, so sometimes sabbaticals on low priority things, it's it's good and it's healthy to do and. And, uh, hated that your sickness kind of spurned that. But, uh, anyway, the bad thing is, is that we lost a lot of sponsors, you know, man, you know, that dandy blend, whatever the dandy blend, get all your dandy line in a cup. I don't remember (laughs) what tea was it. Some kind of tea. Yeah. It had dandy line root, all kinds of other stuff. I mean, I drank some, I started scratching behind my ear with my back foot, you know, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> uh, give me all kinds of uh, yeah special power. So hopefully we get back in the scheme of things and uh we'll get our sponsors back like remington arms and winchester yeah. all those big guys yeah, yeah. I, i'm running low on ammo if anybody asks. right and I, right. I only have one gun left so i could really use really use a, <laughs> you're lying now right <laughs> i could really use a firearm and ammunition sponsor for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man <laughs> Well, I tell you what, our last podcast episode was on Christian nationalism, and you and I both, we had to kind of learn what that was. We had never heard of it, and that was one of our most listened to, downloaded podcasts that we ever recorded. Really? Yes. And we yeah. stirred a national debate and a statement on the on our yeah, podcast. It all stemmed with us? It stemmed with us, yes. Patriot Pastors Podcast, Troublemakers, but... A lot has been talked about about Christian nationalism since then and a greater definition because the way, the way we found, um, and defined Christian nationalism is not what the guys who just recently formed a statement concerning Christian nationalism talks about. So we saw and defined it as dominionism or the seven mountain theology, you know, system that, that, is taken out of Revelation chapter 10 or something, um, which is that definition of Christian nationalism we certainly denounced. And, um, but reading this statement that was just recently put out on May the 1st, and I, I will say I did not read it carefully, but what I did read, I don't see any issues with it. And, um, I, I how- let me explain it like this. I, I think understanding Christian. Christian nationalism is kind of like understanding dispensationalism. Yeah. You got the John Hagee blood moon dispensationalist, and then you've got the John right. MacArthur 
you know, more biblically sound version of dispensationalism. Yes. And I think when it comes to Christian nationalism, you're going to have a wide array of definitions depending mm-hmm. on who's defining the terms. Yes. That's and a very so good point. I think what I'm seeing, and I, I haven't read the statement myself, and I don't, I'm so tired of signing statements, you know. Uh, People ask for me my my autographs all the time, and I won't sign it unless it's a King James Bible. So uh, <laughs> uh, I can't believe I've said that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm I'm really just it almost is like every time I turn around, we've we've got a statement on social uh, justice warriors, we've got a statement mm-hmm. on inerrancy, we've got a statement yeah. on this and that, and. I'm just tired of statements, man. I, I mean, sometimes, Wade, I feel like if you're not real active on social media, you don't know what to be mad about. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't yeah. know what the arguments are. Like if you don't get on Twitter for a week or two and then you get on Twitter, you're like, oh, my, what's happened? You know, and I, some people were talking about something one time and and I said, well, what's going on? And And they said they're using leftist politics to attack someone. And. And I said, oh, that sounds serious, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And my point was, uh, who cares? You know, (laughs) what do you think leftist politicians do? And I I think, and I'm not trying to downplay Christian nationalism, but I don't think it's as forefront as, I don't think most of the people in your church or mine are even having this conversation. What do you think, Wade? No, I I agree. And, and, And sadly, it's kind of turned into a little, internal conflict between believers in Christ. Um, and this is not the time to be bickering and arguing about, uh, such things when we're literally our country's, uh, seeing the flames of hell right now before our eyes. And here we are bickering about, uh, such things. Uh, and G3 is upset, um, that the format, the font and the, the colors used at this statement was formulated. They're saying, hey, that was kind of plagiarism. That was you adopted it from us and you should have asked our per- permission. And um, but but were the writers Southern Baptist because plagiarism is rank among Southern Baptist preachers. True. That's right. Ed Linton, right? That's that's right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But they teach anyway. that seminary. I mean, you don't know this, Wade. You're not going to a Southern Baptist seminary, but I, I think they teach plagiarism in Southern <laughs> seminaries. Yeah. How to, how to plagiarize and not get caught. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, Dr. Scott Anall, he wrote a, a very in-depth, uh, article about Christian nationalism and, and its differences from what he believes. And of course, he's a part of the G3. Uh, I just watched this morning a, uh, a YouTube video. That was uh, produced by Canon Press with James White and Doug Wilson, and they pretty much outlined their belief and what uh, Christendom looks like and what Christian nationalism could look like. I thought is very informative. And again, going back to that statement that was just released, I don't see a whole lot at at the outset um, of things that I would disagree with. Yeah. So the the episode that we recorded prior to this one. Um, is a total different definition of what this is. Let me just really quickly read you the definition according to this latest statement here. Um, Christian nationalism is a set of governing principles rooted in scripture's teaching on Christ's rule as a supreme Lord and king of all creation. 
who has ordained civil magistrates with delegated authority to be under him over the people to order their ordained jurisdiction by punishing evil and promoting good for his own glory and the common good of the nation. And then it lists about 10 different uh, scripture references to back up that definition. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with that definition there. So anyway, but if, oh. you know, here's the thing. If they're not bickering over Christian nationalism, there's going to be bickering over something, right? Well, yeah, I, I think in our day, some Christians don't know how to do anything but fight. They don't know how mm-hmm. to do anything but argue. And um, a lot of times they're arguing with people in the church. And then when everything settles down in the church, they argue with the church next door. <laughs> and yeah, it's right. Like that's kind of where we are. I've just learned, and and I'm I'm a unique guy in that I fellowship in a lot of circles, uh, all of them, just about all of them, Baptist. But I, I have Baptists that come in all different flavors, you know, and ba- close Baptist friends in every circle. And mm-hmm. um, I've just consigned that as long as you're not a heretic, I really don't care if you're a Christian nationalist or a, you, you believe Israel's coming back, you believe it ain't coming back, you believe in a literal thousand, a, a mm-hmm. symbolic thousand. It doesn't matter to me, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm through trying to fit in some mold. I'm through trying, I'm through arguing over secondary issues. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, speaking about bickering and arguing next month, 2023 Southern Baptist convention is going to be held in new Orleans. And, uh, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of bickering. Wade, that's (laughs) out of order. You're out of order. (laughs) Mute my mic. Yeah. yeah. Turn off Turn my mic, mic too. It <laughs> <laughs> seems like that's all they do at the Southern Baptist Convention. Somebody yeah. with some common sense gets up and says so, what everybody's thinking, and the parliamentarians step in and go out of order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Rick Warren. Yeah. Who could just well, come to the floor. Give that man a microphone. Let him yeah. say whatever Turn he it wants. On. As long as Turn he wants. the spotlight, spotlight on him, you know. Uh, that's what happened last year in Anaheim. I mean, he just totally took over. He trained every pastor in America. That's right. He trained the guys on the platform, you know. But anyway, he is planning on, you know, most of you know that uh, Saddleback Church was, was excommunicated, I guess you could say. Was it by the executive board? I, I think it was by, I, I want to say it was like credentials committee or something like that. I, I can't some, think of the proper Yeah. Time. Some committee within the convention uh, voted to excommunicate Saddleback Church due to their um, women pastors. Which and, just uh, took them two years in a study of what a pastor is. Yeah, right. I mean, remember, what is a pastor? Sure. And so they batted this down the road for two years to make a decision. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they, fa- and they finally do. And they make the right decision. Make the right decision. Excommunicate uh, Saddleback Church. Well, um, disfellowship is the right word. Dis, right? Yes, disfellowship, correct. And that did not sit well with Rick Warren at all. And uh, so, word is, and uh, I, I have not seen anything specific, specifically from him, but word is that he is going to be at New Orleans and he is going to call for a motion from the floor that the messengers would rescind that uh, credentials committee vote and reinstate the fellowship back to Saddle Creek into the SBC. Saddle back. 
What I say, Saddle Creek? Yeah, as uh, long as you didn't <laughs> that, say that's broke a subdivision back. right behind our church at Saddle Creek. So as long as you didn't say Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> yeah, that, right. that's another. Yeah, issue. I don't want to say that, but so yeah, he is trying to get a, a motion from the floor, and there is going to be a, a vote from the messengers themselves. And this is to me very key because now you're hearing from the people who, um, who attend this meeting. This is a decision not made just by a handful of people. Um, on a committee, this is from the, the voice of the SBC. And if they vote to allow Saddleback, uh, Back church in. into fellowship, then my goodness, you know, all the guys who are struggling in the SBC now, who are just bickering and arguing, what more are you, why are you going to stay if they vote these, this church back in? Uh, here's, here's the real question. Co- question so if they vote rick warren's church back in and then they're back in fellowship guess what rick warren could run for president of the Mm -hmm. southern baptist convention then yeah so i wonder if the vote is prior to nominations for president or after because i saw i think you shared it on twitter rick warren was saying hey if you're southern baptist pastor and we're not following each other yeah uh shoot me a request or whatever you know I'll follow you back. And I'm like, you follow me. I'll follow you back. That's usually the weirdos on Twitter (laughs) that are trying to build an audience. Right. Right. Warren really interested in what the pastor with 50 people think on Twitter. I mean, this is like, what is this a bot? I mean, how is this kind of stuff? You know, right. Rick Warren motivation. Yeah. He is trying to build, uh, you know, support, uh, from the common pastor who, who may be in new Orleans. Uh, to first of all vote him in uh, at reinstate his church into fellowship, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's possibility that he could throw his name in the hat. I don't know the rules on that, but um, out of order. Yeah, it's what it should be. <laughs> the, the thing about it is, he claimed to train like two million pastors. Why are they not already following him if he's such a trainer of of yeah, pastors? Right. I mean, exactly. Oh, man, I, I'm so sick of him. I, I, oh man. I, it, there's like people. There's like certain people that just seem to get in the media, and they just grate on your nerves. Yeah, and it's like the media loves them, and they just keep them hanging around. It's like mm-hmm. we know Harold don't like this guy, so we're gonna put him in at prime time tonight. And I, yeah. I really think that's the reason I quit watching network news and I quit watching television in general. Is there were just so many people that it seems like Hollywood is fascinated with that I can't stand. And mm-hmm. when it comes to the religious world, there's a fascination with just wackos. Yeah. You know? and, right. and I would put Rick Warren in that category. Yeah. I mean, it, there is no greater uh, fan of Rick Warren than Rick Warren. <laughs> <laughs> and he will tell you that, you know, but another thing going on at the SBC is our, our mutual friend, Mike Stone, who ran two years ago in the Nashville convention is going to, Put his name in the hat again, which I was shocked. Um, I think you knew a little bit ahead of time uh, before I did, but, uh, of all the things that he went through that first time in Nashville, I mean, I can't even get into all the, uh, the lying and the, you know, not him lying, lies about him. Y- yes, exactly. Even I mean, a he woman, was a target. even a woman staged, uh, you know, a mock yes. me thing. And of course, security footage all that's available none of it happened i mean right. 
that right. literally nothing happened. And, and you know, to be treated that way, mm-hmm. I, I would have came home and, and said, church, not only did I lose in a very, very narrow margin, yeah. but no one in this convention stood by me while I was being ostracized and mistreated and wrongly, you know, accused. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't have a thing in the world to do with the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. The way right. Mike was treated. Yeah, um, I know. I know. But you, and, and it's again, it's hard to beat an incumbent. And here, Bart Barber is this is going to be his second term. And, and it's very difficult to beat yeah. uh, an incumbent. And, and Bart is uh, what I would say a middle of the rotor. He is uh, not going to make the uh, conservatives mad. Our friend, not- our friend Eddie Ragsdale calls him vanilla ice cream. Yeah. I mean, He's not really. really what you want, but it's not bad. It's vanilla ice cream. Exactly. Exactly. And, and two, Mike has, he's not been campaigning to my knowledge like he did in, uh, I think it's 2021, something like that. I call Mike a friend. So I'm biased, but I believe Mike Stone is the best candidate that you could have for, for mm-hmm. president of Southern Baptist Convention. He yeah. is a tremendous preacher. He pastors a, a, a large church in rural Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and he's done a tremendous job. He has leadership skills. He's well-spoken. He is good on the fly. I mean, you want to talk about an ambassador for the convention? I don't think the Southern Baptist could do better than picking yeah. Mike Stone. I agree. But yes. if you win that, let's say Mike goes to New Orleans mm-hmm. and conservatives rise up and get behind him. The uphill battle I see for Mike is this. Most of the conservatives I knew that went to New Orleans and voted for, I mean, or to Nashville and voted for him are no longer in the convention. Right. I know of a dozen pastors. So I know of a dozen churches that either no longer fund the convention or have formally pulled out of the convention mm-hmm. since Nashville and since Anaheim. And so that's just my little circle. Um, sure. But if you look across the landscape, there there's it was a it was a close race against Very uh, close. Ed Linton. Mm-hmm. But if you lose that many um conservative, you know, Southern Baptists that could that could vote for you, he's to me it's just like I see conservatives leaving and mm-hmm. I see the, the the more uh progressive side of the convention getting stronger. Yes. And if like you pointed out earlier, Wade. If they let Saddleback back in and they embrace Rick Warren again after all he's done and, you know, they're ordaining, they have co-pastors, a husband and wife lead pastor team. They have three women, at least three women ordained as elders on staff at Saddleback. If you allow them back in and then you have the greatest conservative, I mean, he, he has served as executive of the, or, or chairman of the executive committee. He's, he's mm-hmm. going to be held nearly all offices except president. Right. And uh, if you reject that candidate twice and then reinstate Saddleback by popular vote, I think you have to write Ichabod on the door. Wait, I, yeah. I don't see any coming back for the convention. <clears throat> yes, I hope that does not happen because, man, that, that sets presidents to uh, all kinds of other SBC churches that are on the fence uh, on the matter. Yeah. And um, it just sets a horrible trajectory for other 
Baptist churches, even those who are not within the SBC, that uh, that there's a national affirmation of this. Well, I saw a a pastor from uh, Richmond, Virginia, I believe, not Richmond. Um, uh, I can't think. It's Arlington, Virginia. I think he's near near Washington D.C., but he's on the Virginia side. Uh, he's he had introduced um, a kind of a clarification bill or something about uh, clarifying the the Baptist faith and message relating mm-hmm. to women pastors, and he he's got a a, uh, a a video circulating around promoting this this thing. He says there are currently a hundred and seventy women pastors serving in Southern Baptist churches right now. A hundred and seventy. Wow. And, you know, somebody said, well, that's nothing. There's, you know, 50,000 Southern Baptist churches. There's not 50,000. They're now under Mm 40,000. But even then, if you're allowing 170 women to serve as pastors, when the confession says women can't be pastors, you've disregarded your confession of faith. Right. Exactly. If you no longer have any doctrinal unity, you no longer have unity. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have unity. You have to have doctrinal unity to work together. Uh, otherwise, you know, why not just work with any Christian group? Why not just say we all love Jesus? It don't matter where, you know, it don't matter if you speak in tongues. It don't matter if you get saved and lost. Yes. It doesn't matter if you have security or don't have security. It doesn't matter if you have women preachers or men preachers. When you start opening up Pandora's box to anybody can come in, you really lose all continuity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then pretty soon, every time a denomination goes down this road, it ends up with women preachers and then homosexual preachers. Absolutely. That's just history. That's not my opinion. Yes. Look yeah. at every group. That's where they end up. Yeah. Look at the Episcopalian, the Lutheran, Methodist. You know, it starts with that first compromise. And once you compromise there, then, yeah, yeah you're in trouble. But, yeah, I, I am anxious to see if, God forbid, that they do allow Saddleback into the SBC, what guys like Tom Buck does tom askell they uh, stay even, and gripe because i'm it's, it's like I, it, we said earlier some of these guys don't have to do anything but fight and wade ministry doesn't always have to be fighting other people in the ministry yeah we don't have right. to fight the christian nationalist or the non-christian nationalist mm-hmm. if you're surrounding yourself by people who don't share your your convictions you're in the wrong circle right you know exactly i i just um I don't know. You and I have had a great, great relationship over the years. We don't see eye to eye on everything, Mm -hmm. but we have enough in common, primarily the gospel. We can put all of our other differences aside and still work together, fellowship together, support missions together. All of that is still there because we do have doctrinal unity on the key element. Absolutely. Yes. Well, man, it is already been, I think, about 30 minutes already. Hard to believe Uh, it's been two months since we have recorded a podcast and let's not make it another two months. Oh, I would like to get back to our every other week schedule. Yeah. Right. A lot of times we run out of stuff to talk about because we don't want to just get on here and rail on people we don't like, even though that's tempting at times. Yeah. Right. If, if you guys who are listening would like for us to speak on a certain subject that maybe, uh, uh, is concerning to you or interest you, let us know in the comments and, uh, we would certainly consider that. Because we do, it, it does help us to kind of navigate on what to what to speak on. Very quickly, you just uh, took another church, right? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm back to interim pastor again, which that's primarily what my ministry 
uh, focuses on is going into churches that need some leadership, getting them mm-hmm. back on track, and then helping them find a permanent pastor. And I am the interim pastor at the First Baptist Church of Roland, Oklahoma. Wow. And and that's not too far from you. Everybody knows you're in minute, Arkansas. That's about yeah. a 30-minute drive. It's just across the line. I live close to the Oklahoma line. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, and you know, that that's where I'll be for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. We'll be praying for brother Harold and praying for the church there in Roland and, uh, that God would use Harold in a mighty way to revitalize the church and to lead the church into greener pastures as they in time search for a, a full-time pastor, uh, for that fellowship there. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. May the Lord bless you and keep you.